Hi, welcome to Candor Beach, where we bring to you our take on world events and how they impact consumer psychology in India and around the world. I'm Ashish, a management consultant and marketer. Hi, everybody. I'm Silesh. I deal in financial instruments, especially in lending. Right, and today we're going to be talking about... Well, Silesh, what's today's topic? What is, what is this meeting title? I think uh, we're talking about... Uh, the topic just, waking just up. woke up, you know, or uh, <laughs> like I would say, like the corp. Uh, we talk about the corporate uh, woke culture, um, how it's affecting the corporates, how it's affecting the people itself. You know, the employees. Um, you know how how it society. I think in general. Society, yes, exactly. Uh, so, how um, I think how well is it integrated into society? Right. So last time we were talking about ESG where we did talk about a social impact of sorts. Yeah. So this time, uh, yeah, so this time, this time, so when Sarish and I were talking about what we should talk about next, um, this just sprang to mind. It was, just seemed like a logical follow-up. So Sarish, what are your thoughts on wokeism in general? Uh, and when I, say, when I say wokeism in general, I mean, like, what does wokeism mean to you? Like, let's define, let's define this to begin with. I would say wokeism is basically inclusion of everybody and basically showing equality to everybody mm -hmm. in the group. Let's say in an employee uh, in a company, all the employees together um, have to be equally treated. That is wokeism. In concept, it's a fantastic concept. In practicality, that's something we can debate. Okay. Uh, just to qualify your response a little further, I would say that. The the potential distortion in um, wokeism, I think, has come from uh, people confusing equality of opportunity with equality of outcome. And yeah. I think that is one of the key problems that we're faced with today. People are, people are looking at, as an example, uh, reservations. Uh, when the reservations came to be right after the Great Depression to get people out, like that was part of the, what was that, what was that movement called? The first... Um, I, I forget. I'm, I'm going to look it up. But uh, when the reservation first came to be, it was basically the idea that one generation would have it, and it was their job to uplift their families and society at the, whoever they were connected with. Yeah, I mean, reservations... But, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, no, no, go ahead. I'm saying reservations should be done with a time period. So even if you look at India... In uh, reservations in India, with regards to reservations for uh, certain castes, um, you know the guy who wrote the constitution himself said it. So it has to come with a particular time period post that it has to expire, and then people need to be integrated into the society. So yeah, reservations are important to uplift people, but how long uh, will they actually need to be lasted? Like you said, a generation probably, or two generations. And post that, they need to expire. Yeah, it was called the New Deal. That, that was the term that was Yeah, yeah, the New Deal. Um, yeah. FDR, right? Yeah. The thing was, it was quite clear. Like, you are responsible for uplifting your family and that, that the reservations were given to one generation. There, there were people who required it. Here, in, in India particularly, I understand that 
there is a significant populace that is impoverished that they and they do require assistance. But I feel like at some point in time, if you are guaranteeing uh, reservations for the family and generations beyond, how are you incentivizing these people to change their lot? But that's that's very reservation focused. Um, I feel like wokeism, like connecting the dots. I feel like wokeism is there are aspects to this equality of outcome that uh, shed negatives with this whole reservation concept. What are your thoughts there? So the reservation concept is pretty much similar um, here or in the West. Um, we have a reservation concept even in America. Um, it's called the affirmative action. So it gives a certain um, you know, push to the marginalized society. However, it actually reduces the merit. So you basically, reservations with a certain amount of merit actually will work. Reservations Why? without- Is it because it's not fair? It's not fair because it, it, it actually completely stifles or reduces the guy who actually struggled and had the merit to get the seat or, you know, or get into a, let's say, for example, a college itself. How, uh, like somebody gets a very good percentile, they are actually uh, have the merit to get into this college. And then you're going and giving it to somebody who is below the 70 or 50 percentile because you have to fill up a quota. Now, the argument that was made was that this, so say you and I, as an example, say I have the reservation and you don't at this mm -hmm. point in time. The argument here is that you were given these, like ancestrally, or your previous generations were given the rights that brought you to the stage. Mm -hmm. And therefore, you are able to avail of the facilities that you are right now. You are much further ahead in, in, from a societal aspect than I am. So that was, the, that was the concept that reservation was trying to correct, right? Sure, but you have to do it from childhood. You cannot just start giving reservations once you're in college. Do you know? Build primary education, build uh, secondary education, and high school. Go up till there. Make sure the marginalized society are forced to go and get finish their degrees, so they'll have an understanding of education. Instead of you know, there's a lot of dropouts. You know, especially in America, a lot of people drop out of high school. Instead. Actually, you know, you, you have to in, incentivize them to finish at least their high school. You know, that will actually open their horizons to go get better education. Instead of hey, giving... Hmm. My body, my choice. I don't want to do this. Why are you imposing education on me? You want me to be a productive member of society? What's wrong with you? I mean, it's, it's <laughs> not about that. It's just education should be universal to everybody from childhood. Now, what I was getting at is that this is how it's been distorted, hasn't it? Yes, yes. People are looking for all the advantages of reservations with none of the, with none of the responsibilities, so to say. Exactly. It's, it's I mean, like, I know I misquoted my body, my choice, that that was not related to what I was getting at. It was just helping me make my point. No, but the thing is, like, See, uh, during um, um, the 60s, they enacted the yeah. law where uh, they give um, kids in, you know, schools lunch, free lunch. Free lunch will be provided in school. 
that actually improved a lot of people attending school, you know. So all these kids, they didn't have to worry about, you know, they're coming from poor neighborhoods. They can come eat now at school. And that's an incentive itself for them. Absolutely. You know, that itself is a fantastic idea. And that was done even even in South India the, during uh, the Tamil Nadu uh, Jalalta regime. You know, she was the one who started that that actually incentivized, you know, education till high school. You know, those are the stuff which they need to be uh, included in Western society to increase uh, high, uh, high school education, till high school education. As opposed to things like affirmative action, you mean? Yeah, I mean, affirmative action, all that stuff comes in during college era. So once you go into college, they're actually being given quotas for that. But then you don't have enough merit from the people who are coming from the school to get into uh, get into college, but they're just being given an opportunity because you're, you're part of a certain marginalized society or, mar- or marginal group. You know, we've, we've seen that in India because we've obviously, the reservation system's been quite... Uh, used and abused. Quite pronounced, well, quite pronounced. I wouldn't say used and abused. I mean, simply because while it is a fact, I wouldn't say it. It's uh, we've we've seen uh, we've seen uh, aspects of where it actually does help, obviously. But what I was getting at is we've seen the effects in India. We've seen that certain certain actors from marginalized societies who have achieved things based solely on their uh, on these reservations find it very difficult to capture the opportunity that the reservation afforded them simply because they weren't ready for that system. Like as an example, getting into the IITs via reservation, if your score for whatever reason renders you incapable of comprehending what the environment provides you with, one, you're not capitalizing on the opportunity that it affords after, like after mm-hmm. you graduate. Two, mm-hmm. it must be a real struggle to go through school. Like how do you how do you pass classes when you know, everybody else or a large margin of people there are just more capable at, at whatever field they've chosen. Yeah, I mean, just imagine yourself, you, you're, you're coming from basic, um, you, you're, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even say that. Like, I would say uh, your intelli- uh, intelligence is actually subpar or, you know, you're coming from basic Let's stuff. not say intelligence. Mm. Intelligence can be inheritable. We're talking about capabilities per knowledge and experience sure. that you, has brought yeah. you to that. Yeah, I would rephrase it. Yeah, so the capability-wise, uh, you're going into an Ivy League school. So, you know, all, everybody up there are extremely capable. They have the, the intellectual capability and, the, you know, the, the, the effort to put into it. But then you take somebody who doesn't have that uh, push to go and they just place into this uh, college. How much of effort are they going to really put into it? Because, you know, like, are you going to feel... Again, like, what Sadish and I are getting at, just so we're all clear, is we aren't aren't generalizing to say that everybody is uh, going to have this issue. There are some people who are there that shouldn't be and there are some people who are there who definitely deserve to be please proceed Sainish. sorry just wanted yes. to be uh, even in college like you know like how much of effort are they really going to put into it like in the work-wise like um especially the curriculum on these um you know ivy league schools is ex- 
extremely toiling, you know, like it'll, you know, yeah. it'll break you to a point where like you can take minimum number of classes uh, to be a full-time student and they'll still break you. Like it's that, it's that, you know, like the work you need to put into it is hard. That intense. So, yeah. So right. how much of that intensity can you bear? Like if you, you've been, if you're coming from us, you know, if you're coming because of a quota or, you know, you're not qualified enough to get that seat. Now, can you shift the argument to corporate corporations? Because that's, that's how we define wokeism. Yeah. Corporations. So using the elements we've discussed. Mm -hmm. So corporations now have this quota. So like, so if you look at corporations, for example, let's take Twitter. Recently, Twitter fired so many people and there was an outrage. Sure, there was an outrage. But how many of them core people are required to run that company? And it's, it's showing right now Twitter is working pretty normal, fine, you know, might have glitches here and there. However, it's still working without all that ex extreme amount of people who are working, you know, like so. So all these people were being hired to fill up quota jobs. Look, like, OK, yeah. so we have a diversity group. We have, you know, then and they, you know this they, for a fact. Uh, yeah, they, they fired the entire uh, diversity group, right? Yeah, that they did. Yeah. So and it's still functioning. The world is stuff spinning. Yeah, it's 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 still functioning. It's you know, uh, Twitter is still. Uh, I mean, the principle behind it. getting them, the principle behind making these changes wasn't obviously to deprive society or to say that oh, we're against diversity and inclusion. I think the principle there was we are a for-profit organization and we need to work towards efficiency, efficiency of operations and efficiency of costs. And there are certain overheads that don't make sense. I think that was the principle. It wasn't like a get rid of diversity. No, but, but then yeah, that is that is agreeable. But uh, but what I'm saying is like they were inflating their employee count. So you didn't need so many people. You didn't need so many people to be having a, a diver, uh, diversity and inclusion team. You can have a small team and still be able to do that. The same thing with most of the other tech companies. Look at look at Facebook. Look at Amazon. All these people were firing people. And yeah, I've, I've heard of diversity and inclusion. Like just a fun for fun fact, heard of diversity and inclusion groups wherein uh, uh, they are they restrict how you can participate. You can't participate necessarily in uh, crafting the path that DNI is going to take. But you can participate in being one of the audience that DNI inflicts their notions upon. Oh wow! Really? Yeah, no equality of opportunity there. No, I've, yeah. I've heard of this. So, how much of equality of opportunity are these corporate companies actually? You know, because uh, people because people are so glued to equality of outcome more than opportunity. Exactly. They're like, I'm not getting the same thing that this other person is, and therefore uh, I am being uh, like, and I am working equally hard. At the end of the day, it's not your call to make. If you believe that you are worth more than what you are getting at that at that particular juncture, move. Let the exactly. market affirm your value. It's like uh, the you know the participation certificate culture. Everybody gets a certificate. Everybody everybody gets a medal. You know, just because you participated, not because I feel like <laughs> I feel like the earlier system 
I mean, an overly meritocratic society uh, can be a little toxic. Mm-hmm. But it also creates that crucible where it is the survival of the fittest and it brings out the best in you. When I'm giving you... It's just... everybody. It's just... I mean, I'm, hand, sorry, uh, I'm just going to finish a point that yeah, yeah, you sorry. had, in oh. fact, brought up in conversation pre-podcast. It was... Uh, so what you had said at that point was that if I am giving you the freebies that I am, if I am putting you, giving, it, giving everything to you on a platter, you're not incentivized to... Get out of that rut. You are forever going to be stuck there. That is what happened with reservation in our country. People weren't incentivized to uplift themselves because these were freebies that they were getting or uh, not necessarily freebies, but advantages that they were getting over the rest of society that they wanted to continue to enjoy. And it became an incentive to have to maintain your reservations, no matter how wealthy, no matter how much you were, how, how politically... I don't know, it's the opposite of backwards, forwards, yeah? No matter how forward you got, it's, it, uh, it, they weren't incentivized to get out of, uh, they weren't yeah. incentivized to drop their reservations. Like, as an example, the Gujarat and that uh, Hardik Patel. Mm. <laughs> how hard did he fight to get that reservation for the Patels? Yeah, I mean, if you look at it politically, it's, it's like communism. What is the incentive yeah. to... What is the intent, incentive for you to perform better when everybody's getting the same amount of, you know, uh, return? You know, so it's like you're not going to perform. You don't have to. Yeah. So everybody. You're disincentivizing be- the people who are working hard for themselves. Exactly. And um, this is something that uh, Elon Musk, uh, I, I believe, also said. Uh, I think what he had said was that. Uh, these, the, the wealthy, the people who have run successful businesses have shown that they are good at capital allocation. And therefore, they should be allowed to continue allocating capital for the betterment of society, as opposed to funneling uh, this money into donations or, and uh, taxes, wherein the government, who has shown themselves historically incapable, who, let's ignore the fact that they've shown themselves historically incapable. The fact is, I... If I were Elon Musk, I would have independence over my, how I execute my wealth, how I, use, how I deploy my wealth over a long period of time. Governments are only there for four or five years. Half of that time, they're using, uh, they're, they're using their time to campaign, campaign. for their next terms. Yeah. yeah. So if effectively you get two or three years to actually deploy that, those assets, and these assets don't necessarily reap benefits until the next term, like we have seen where government A implements things and government B takes credit for them because the effects were reaped in government B's terms. Yeah, so it's, a, it's not a good incentive structure. It takes a long society. time for any, you know, like societal uh, program to actually start um, fruition, you know. So, yeah, that is right. Government A will come and say something and government B will be like, yeah, I, I, I also did it. You know, I'm the one who did it. That is... Capital allocation have never worked very well with any kind of government, like regardless regardless of what their political leaning is, you know. So, uh, you know, like you could see this in I I, I don't know if you remember uh, the Elon Musk uh, had this uh, feud with uh, the guy from World Hunger. The World, oh, yeah, World the, Hunger. Yeah, the World Hunger. I remember guy. that. Yeah, yeah. That was, was like, give me a plan. 
give yeah, me he, a plan and I will give you They wouldn't give it. They would, and they wouldn't be transparent about it. Like he said, okay, why don't you give me a plan and, you know, whatever you spend, let it be on an open ledger. He was, right. he was completely adamant about it. He's like, no, right. you know, I won't be able to do that. But he would give all these turnaround answers, you know, how much are you going to give, like, Six no, so billion is not going to create, you know, feed the hunger. So to focus our, argu- uh, our arguments again, um, what do you think wokeism is doing to the corporates? We've, I think, discussed the peripheries of the effects that several movements have had and why wokeism has maybe come to the forefront. We've excluded certain topics as well, but I mean, not intentionally, of course. What is the effect that wokeism is trying to have on corporates and the effect that it is having on corporates and the third question what we must do or what we can see to maybe steer ourselves in the right direction to attain the objective because we believe that the objective of wokeism was set out to be good for for the betterment of society so we're not arguing on that yeah so right? so part b and part c please corporates i think are following this uh, cei index so i would say the corporate equality index which almost all companies follow now. So they get, they get their score through it. So how well are you doing with the, the equality uh, topics or how well is your workplace, um, workplace uh, equality towards everybody, uh, people of color, LGBTQ, and all that stuff. So they're focusing so much on the diversity part of it at the end. How does how it help them? How much? Uh, how does it help them? It it, it gives them like a, um, a a good score, which 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 actually gives which you know, to. which will give them more uh, you know uh, lend, lending money, like you know like corp you know like uh, VC um, VC funding. So the higher the that score, would be small corporations only then, right? Like what about corporations that are twelve billion, twenty billion dollars? I would say you know twelve billion, twenty million dollars. So how billion. how will yeah, the billion. Um, how well are they placed in this score? Actually, um, how would I say that they they would be um, they would be graded on a certain level. So, no, so in my experience, the benefit is uh, employability. Like if I see that you are very you score very high on the equality index, and I am a part of uh, one of these marginalized groups, I would be incentivized to want to be a part of your organization because externally I see that you are doing well for uh, your, your like marginalized groups, as an example, or, or all groups within your mm-hmm. system are being treated equally, are being given equality of opportunity. Mm. So it, it helps with higher ability, in my opinion. But they're marking the waters with, uh, if, instead of equality of opportunity, they were, they're giving more, more weight to equality of outcome. Like, like how much of merit is being throttled down because of, we honestly can't culture. say, right? Like, unless yeah. a study is done, unless a study is done, I mean, I have not looked it up. I yeah. should have, but, and I can, I'll use ChatGPT. But until until these studies are done, ChatGPT is so fantastic for research. Like, I mean, I, I, I've stopped using Google as much. But, um, I mean, yeah. it's going to take time. Like, all this is going to take time. The, the Just like a, like a government, uh, you know, uh, you know, program, a scheme. This is gonna be like five, ten years down the lane. We're gonna see the results of corporates going woke, you know. So, and but the near-term results are like the backlash. 
like what what my question is how are the companies not even turning back or pulling back a little bit from this from the backlash they're getting just for example Anheuser-Busch you know recently you've been talking about Anheuser-Busch quite a bit yeah I mean why are they not turning back from it like and then the CEO goes and deletes all his uh, social media he even deletes his LinkedIn profile Oh, really? Yeah, wow. yeah, the CEO deleted uh, the head of marketing, um, Alyssa Heinerscheid, uh, deletes her entire LinkedIn, her Twitter, everything. So, which is, you know, but they wouldn't come and not even say a small apology to their core, core clients. Like, the core clients don't want the company to go woke, you know, but then, you know, they are, they're... What do you say there's a misalignment in terms of hiring then? Like, as an example, if you are my target audience mm-hmm. and uh, that has been my company positioning, at some point in time, my org structure has not been aligned with my own positioning because org structure needs to be aligned with a mission and a vision, right? Yeah. And my mission and vision can evolve over time. Mm-hmm. And that is going to result in my hiring, ideally. Like, um, I think the best example for uh, hiring was with, uh, one of the best examples was with Airbnb where they hire, they're very strict about who they hire. They, these people have to meet certain criteria that they've listed in um, among their core values. Similarly, Amazon has started to do that with their leadership principles as well, uh, as, as examples. Now, maybe Anheuser and Bush, uh, AB and Bev have failed at some point in time. There has been an evolution that some people have missed the bus on. And so the target audience is no longer being kept in mind when... Uh, when these new people were hired, these new people who made these decisions that did not go well with the target audience or their core audience pattern. Yeah, um, like that's where corporate, and then, you know, you didn't do your basic research being a part of the marketing that who your core audience is, like, and how much of these, a lot of Bud Light or Anheuser-Busch products are sold in the rural areas of America, the, the rural bars, uh, the the little the little, uh, little, little uh, uh, small uh, small pubs like that. But how much of they didn't do the initial research to not see the backlash, or or they just they knew it and then they were like, you know what, this is going to die down over a period of time. That's what even Wall Street is predicting. That even there was a report from Citigroup saying that, yeah, you know, we just it's going to eventually going to die down. Give it some time. But it wiped out $7 billion of the market cap as of right now. Right. Because principally, again, these, these, uh, these activities, these, uh, the things that uh, wokeism purports, theoretically, again, uh, are, are to the benefit of society. They're supposed to be good, but they have had negative impacts. Like, as an example, there was a study that showed that... Uh, in the Journal of Experimental uh, Experimental Social Psychology, there's this a study that said that individuals who were primed to think about their cultural identity were more likely to favor members of their own ethnic or cultural group over yeah. members of other groups. And yeah. so that creates a certain disharmony when I'm seeing that, uh, again, considering affirmative action or whatever reservation. There are also studies, however, that show that... Uh, there are people who have made it, so to say, from certain groups 
that show less sympathy because they have gone through the grind and you have not. Yeah, that is true. There was the this psych- the psychology. Yeah, there was this right. HBR study. Yeah, the psychology. There was this HBR study about how. Um... Sorry, go ahead. The psychology changes completely. Like the the even let's say somebody comes from the the marginalized uh, group, right? And he struggles. He has the mm-hmm. uh, he's he's worthy enough to get uh, get into this Ivy League college, gets it in, and he he actually double struggles from the normal kid, and he will actually appreciate that more than the guy who got in because of the quota. I'm not I'm not saying uh, that that might be true. I'm not my my that wasn't my point. My point was that this guy who struggled. Or this mm-hmm. woman who has struggled. Now, this so the example that was uh, quoted in HBR, I think, was more along the lines of a uh, woman needing maternity leave mm-hmm. found more sympathy with a male boss mm-hmm. who had to empathize with her condition than a female boss who uh, had lived through it and figured that if she had done it, why couldn't this other person? Like, I've gone through it. I've managed it. Why shouldn't you? That was yeah. what I was getting at. So there are arguments, there are flip sides, and um, yeah. Anyway, I, I think yeah, uh, that's a closing fantastic thoughts. I didn't even think about it. So that's a fantastic <laughs> answer. That is true. Very like, strange. Yeah. yeah. Contrary. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so closing I think thoughts? we've we've been on this for 30 minutes. Uh, yeah. I know we uh, there's a lot for us to still talk about, and maybe we can take this up on another podcast. But uh, yeah, closing thoughts. Closing thoughts. Um, I think you know it can be a lot of um, this woke uh, ideology can evolve and also include a lot more you know uh, equality of outcome, uh, equality of um, you know opportunity more than equality mm-hmm. of outcomes. I would you know they should also think about that as the corp as corporates need to work on evolving this uh, woke ideology more and give it a better thought. All right. So for me, I, I don't I haven't brought this up, but I feel like some people have embraced uh, embraced wokeism a little more than other groups have. Like some people, particularly those who believe they've come from marginalized groups, historically marginalized groups, they've embraced this concept a little more than other people have, and they're trying to wield it like a sword to a point where, at a certain, uh, uh, to a point where it, it gets it gets like the objectives of wokeism, the good parts, get obfuscated in the whole execution part of it. Like, I know this is right. I know this is good. The society agrees with me that this is right and this is good. But am I executing it to the best? Uh, am I executing it in a manner in which everybody in my system is benefiting, where everybody in my system is truly uh, truly equal, as opposed to this, as opposed to groups that I'm pushing or as opposed to groups <laughs> that I belong to? Because it, it gets hard, right? Like this uh, yeah. this thing I was quoting, the Journal of Exper- Experimental uh, Social Psychology, where people tended to favor their own ethnic groups. It it can happen. It's it's we're human after all. It's subconsciously, it and I, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to harm you. I'm not trying to exclude you. It just happens sometimes. Like that was why why, why um, like racism and this secularism and whatever else. Like, that was uh, because you don't belong to the same group. There's this group association. I think we need to break this group association. Like you are a human being. I'm a human being. Some, the color of your skin does not change that fact. Your gender does not change that fact. 
your who you love, who you want to be with does not change that fact. And therefore, I need to treat you as I might want to be treated myself. That segregation and groupism, I think, is the fundamental issue that is causing problems in execution. And that is what I would like to leave the audience with. Maybe that is something that we need to address. We'll take this up on another topic. I mean, on another episode. Thank you so much for uh, your time, guys. Um, we'll see you on the next one. Thank you, everybody.